You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Morning Breath. We are a drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. How you might ask? Well, we get into the Bible. We read a chapter of the Bible, spend some time with the Lord. I and a co-host then meet down here at the studio at the Merritt Island Campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about the Word wherever God leads us. Co-host today is Pastor David Gammon. How you doing, Pastor David? I am doing great. I am doing great. Excited to be here. We got a big chapter today, too. Oh, yeah. So we can't mess around too much. Can't. But uh, just a couple things before he gets into it. We are in our, on our, what is it, 12th day? Yes, 12th day. 12th day of our Seeking the Lord. We do a 21-day fast and uh, devotion. We're on the 12th day, say, oh, I didn't never knew about that. Well, you can start. When you get to the end, when we get to the end, do it with us the rest of the way. You can start over at 1 and catch up through 11. But, you know, just get out there and get involved. It's on lots of different places. Pastor David will tell you how. It is. We got it on Facebook. We got it on our app. We have it on Instagram, YouTube. Wherever you go, you'll find us. Uh, but the Devo is actually on the website predominantly, uh, www.eccc.us. www. Is that the wrestling uh, thing? It is. It is. Wow. WWE? <laughs> it is. And WWE? You'll be able to get that Devo. You'll see it right there on the home screen. If, you, if you're on your mobile device, just scroll down. You'll find it. Awesome. Yeah, we invite you to get on board and read and, and spend some time there. We also, you know, if you want to do morning breath uh, with us, we would love for that to happen. I just think it's so much more powerful when you get a chance to read the chapter too. Mm. So encourage you to read your Bible. And I mean, hey, it's the beginning of the year. Let's set some habits. Let's get in some, you know, routines that are that are kind of cool. I noticed, you know, we went, we prayed last week. We prayed all week at at uh, seven o'clock, and one night we prayed for twenty four hours. A really mm. incredible time. But uh, it. People started to lock in, and, man, it started. They dragged in the for Monday. They mm. sort of came in a little tired Tuesday. By Wednesday, they're like, yeah, Thursday, somebody said, well, you sure got up late, Pastor Dan. And, and you know, it's just like, wow, people are going and growing. So yeah. I just encourage you to get involved. Come on. Anything else we need to talk about? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we, we can, can talk about Nick. We can. Behind his back, but he's facing us. He yeah, is. I don't think he'll be able to do yeah, it behind Yeah, well, back. can't do it. So. <laughs> yes. He's something. Nick's something. He's running the board for us, and we're grateful for that. So we're going to read 71 verses, which is a big old chunk. So I'm going to break it. I'm going to actually read the first 34 okay. and break it there, and you can take it from 35 to 71. Okay. So I'm going to get, is that half, 35, 34? It's almost half. Almost half. It's really close. So that's a nice break there. All right, Pastor Dan, I say to you, read, sir. From the New King James Version of the Bible. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and and captains, how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. 
Then he will show you a large, furnished upper room. There make ready. So they went and found it just as he had said to them. And they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I've desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to question among themselves which of them was, which of them it was who would do this thing. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as a younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For he who is greater, he who sits at the table, or he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table, or he who serves? It is, is it, I'm going to get this right. Hang on, I'm going to take a drink. I'm getting a little dry. (laughs) I've been there before. Wow. This Uh, is not as easy as it sounds. Is (laughs) it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones as judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. Hmm. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you out with a purse and bag of sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered, and he said to them, But now if you have a purse taken and also a bag, if you don't have a sword, um, if, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, And he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you, this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, there, the, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives on us, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he arose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. 
Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, why are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going on, what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priest, The officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But is this, but this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance, and when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone saw him and said, You are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Jesus, as he was speaking, I, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. Mm. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Then the men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy, who will hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. At daybreak, the council of the elder the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of, of the mighty God. And they asked, are you the Son of God? He replied, you say that I am. Then he said, "Why do you need?" Then they said, "Why do you need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips." Amen. Amen. Wow, powerful big uh, chapter here. What uh, what stood out to you, Pastor David, as you read the chapter today? I know that our devotion was uh, titled "Praying Like the Master," and it keyed in on the verse where he prayed for Peter that Satan was coming in to sift him like wheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus said, I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith fail not. And uh, I'm, I'm sure Peter was questioning that right at that moment when he, you know, went out and wept bitterly, mm-hmm. you know, after, after denying the Lord, seeing that stuff and yeah. thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm a failure. And uh, it's, a, it's a hard time when you're struggling, but that's what that's about. But I want to go with wherever you, uh, you feel like you, uh, it stood out to you, brother. If you get a chance and you go back and listen to the, to the reading of this, the, the amazing reading that Pastor Dan and I just had, <laughs> um, you'll hear that pause between Pastor Dan's handoff to me uh, at the 30, 35th verse. Because actually at that moment, that's exactly what kind of caught my attention. Mm. I, I had another thing. I might try and save it for later, but um, that— when when Peter, Jesus says to Peter, hey, the devil's coming for you. But we just literally saw the devil get Judas. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it said he entered into well, him. I mean, it's pretty, pretty rough. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you Satan know, entered, verse 3, and Satan entered Judas. And it's like, Judas, or the devil wants to take out the, the, um, the head believers, guy, yeah, yeah he wants to take out believers. He wants to take out leaders. He wants to take out, he wants to take out fathers. He wants to take yeah. out CEOs. He wants to take out pastors. Who, and not to say anybody else is less important than them, but man, we need to be praying for each other. We need to be looking out for each other. Look here that Jesus was praying for Peter. Mm. All right. And my question is this, and this is just like a, a mindset of leadership. And I kind of got it from a John Maxwell book, Three Sixty Leaders: Pray up, pray over, and pray down. You know, and Jesus was here praying for his disciples. And I want to encourage you today, man, your disciples and people you that work for you, um, your children, um, they're going through stuff. The devil's going after them. And, mm-hmm. you know, not all kids are, are 10. Some of your kids are 45 and 50 and they're leading some important stuff and they need you to be praying for them and, and helping them keep that, that the enemy at bay. Amen. You know, it, Carol and I, we, we pray for our kids every day. Um, it's, uh, you'd say every day, said, yeah, every day we, uh, we try to try to pray every night. Uh, and, uh, we generally accomplish it. We have sort of got this thing where we, uh, we feel like, you know, the night's just not right if we haven't prayed together. And so we work on that and, um, the only time we wouldn't is if we were sleeping in different places, which doesn't happen that often. Right. And so, uh, you know, I'd have to be out hunting or she'd have to be at some event with the ladies or something before that would would not happen. But uh, we pray for our kids, and our kids need prayer. And, and my kids uh, go way beyond just the ones that carry my last name mm-hmm. or uh, my daughter who and my son-in-law. I have, I have children in the Spirit. I have children that— Come on that have come up in the Lord around here. And uh, I have children that have come up in the Lord in, back in Colorado. And so, you know, praying for people is, a, is an important thing. It's a powerful thing. Jesus prayed for his disciples. And he didn't pray as, you know, oh, I got it all together. You guys don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift you up. And I certainly don't pray that way either. I pray for the people around me because I know how much I need prayer. Come on. And uh, I do like that the Bible says pray for leaders, those in authority, because as a pastor, that means people are commissioned to pray for me. But we're also, the Bible says, look well into the state of your flocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, take care of the people you're praying for. What I pray for our staff all the time is that the Lord will perfect that which concerns them. You know, and that's what he promised. He promised he would perfect that which concerns him. And, and that's all we're doing when we're praying, I think, is we're taking a promise of God something God has promised, and we're praying that out. I don't pray and ask for uh, weird things like, you know, God, send me a, you know, a spaceship or, you know, I, I pray what the Bible says I can pray for. I believe for what Scripture says we can believe for, and uh, I stay in that area. That doesn't mean that I can't pray for, you know, I can pray for money for somebody if they need support. Because the Bible talks about God meets all our needs. In fact, in this chapter, verse 35, he said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, sandals, did you lack anything? They went out with nothing. Mm -hmm. And they said, Lord, we lack nothing. We, We had everything we needed. And so you can pray for whatever the Bible says God provides. Come on. And another thing that stood out to me, too, is like, (laughs) I feel like these guys are just like us. 
and the at the at, at the dinner table and and uh, at the Passover dinner, I feel like they were hearing but they weren't listening. Yeah. Because Jesus is like, one of you guys are going to betray me, and that starts a pretty good, healthy conversation of like, who is it? But it was so easily able to transition into who's going to be the greatest. It's crazy. And it's like they're debating over who's who's ten and who's number one, and or who's twelve and who's number one, and who's the betrayer and who's who's your bestest best friend. And as Christians, especially those of us that have been walking with the Lord for a while or attending church for a while or being plugged into the Word for a while, we can actually slip into the mindset of we're hearing what God's saying, but we're not listening to what mm-hmm. God's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, we we. I hear people talk about, and I'm not going to grind an axe here, but a little bit of a pet peeve is when someone will say to me, oh, that teaching wasn't deep enough or that, you know, oh, that, that pastor's not deep enough. And I'm like, because you're hearing and you're not listening. Um, You go ahead and make a list of me to me of scriptures that are not deep. And I'll make sure to let the Apostle Paul know that <laughs> forgiving one another is just not deep enough for certain people. And th- that's okay. I'm done. I'm done being salty about that. But Scripture is we need to be listening. Now, whether or not maybe you you are receiving from that program or that pastor or that Bible study leader, that's on you personally. Absolutely. That's on you personally. Absolutely. Only babies need to be fed. Everybody else in the family can feed themselves also. And I'm just going to kind of leave that on the table right there. So these guys were in the moment of trying to listen to what they wanted to hear for and not what Jesus was actually talking about. Yeah, they were there in the middle of Jesus getting betrayed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One of the disciples being filled with the devil uh, and they're fighting over. Now, I don't know what the difference is, but I have never been in an environment where people were this broken that I worked with, mm. that 11 guys were fighting about who was going to be number one. I've never been in that kind of environment. But like six of them had to know that they weren't in the running. <laughs> like, like, come on. I now. agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, six of them had to know that. But when you read stuff like this, you'd think these were regular guys who were just broken, guys who needed Jesus, and in fact, maybe in some respects, broken even more than some people we might know. Mm-hmm. And yet, these became the 11 wow. that, that started the church. And so it gives me a lot of hope. The other thing is, I love that Peter is called out here and, and some of his details are shared because There's a prophetic word. This is a word that when Jesus says to him, when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. See, he moved away from Jesus. He denied the Lord. He did it three times. And then not only did he deny it when he was was, uh, pressured, he then ends up in this place of failure and guilt and, and condemnation. And I'll tell you, it's hard when you're supposed to be a leader, when you're one of the tight ones and you fall the hardest. Mm. He was probably in the, you know, in the running for the greatest. Yeah. And before the night was over, he had fallen second farthest of all the disciples. The furthest, of course, with Judas, who betrayed the Lord. But the second one was Peter who denied the Lord. And wh- how it made him feel, I don't know. But Jesus said, he, he prophesied ahead of time, look, he wants to sift you like wheat, 
but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And so that's the key. Wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your life, if you just continue to believe, continue to to uh, hold on to Jesus, continue to, no matter what's going on, uh, lean into him. Um, and if you've done something wrong, just admit it. Mm. You know, if, if something's going bad in your life, just confess it. Just get it out. Don't, don't let it hide in the shadows and, and control your life forever. Uh, get it out and, and move on and put this in your past to say, hey, I'm not going to let this destroy me. My faith is in God is not going to fail. I'm going to continue to walk with him. I'm going to make it in Jesus' name. Come on. That's such a good word, too. And when, when we go walking down the road, we have to understand that, that if God has called you down that road, then he has, he has what you need on it for you. We just have to stay connected to who he is and what we're doing and what he's doing, actually. And that's what really like, like speaks to me, too, with this chapter is you really see when Peter, when Peter changes crowds. He changes from the crowd Ugh. of the disciples to now he decided to uh, – Stop doing the church thing, you know, stop being the disciple thing, stop competing. Like, I'm sure Jesus wasn't like, hey, who wants to be the best now? You know, who wants first Mm -hmm. place now? Mm -hmm. Um, The crowd still knew who Peter was, though. And you know what? You you have to understand that that people are still looking at you even if you choose to not go in a certain direction. And, wow. and they're going to speak stuff and they're going to say stuff. And I remember back at a point where, you know, the Lord was tugging on my heart and I wasn't quite saved yet. But, man, in irony, I would get the Bible and I would carry the Bible and I'd try to read it. And, and I didn't understand it, but I would be living a broken life. And people would look at me and they would be like, mm-hmm. that Bible in your life don't match up. Something, yeah. Something's off. Yeah. And that's when I decided, I was like, man, um, I need to make these two things match up. Yeah. Um, the best thing I can say is, Keep your life lining up with the Word of God, and you will wind up in the will of God. Yeah. And it'll be powerful. It'll be powerful. It'll be good. Yeah, you got to make sure you don't change uh, according to the group you're with. Mm -hmm. I think that's what stood out to me about what you just said, Pastor David, is, you know, are you at work, this guy? Are you at home, this gal? Are you at church, this other person? You know, who you are should be consistent. You need to give it all and give it up for Jesus. And you need to be that way wherever you don't. Don't just become somebody else to try to fit in. Be who God's called you to be and stand out. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. We'll finish up the program. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us.
Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 Kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. Hey everybody, we're back. I, I just want to share a little bit here that's found in a Verse 41, it begins, and he's praying in the garden, and it says he was withdrawn from them about stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then an angel appears and strengthens him. He's in agony, sweats. It's just an incredible moment, but I want to kind of just pull out a lesson from that, and it's this thought, if it is your will— Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You know, sometimes people just get in that mode of praying all the time. Lord, if it be thy will. Lord, if it be thy will. You know, there are things we know from the word of God are the will of God and things we know from the word of God that are not the will of God. And so you don't pray, Lord, 
I pray Joe gets saved if it is your will. Now, God said that he would that everyone gets saved and all come to repentance. You don't, you don't use if it be thy will on things you're sure God wants to do in somebody's life. Jesus here was looking for any, is this the only way? And when he was sure, the Bible says he, you know, he set his jaw and went and did what he was supposed to do. But you pray the word, and if you don't know, like, Lord, am I supposed to start a business tomorrow? I don't know. Whatever your will is, that's what I want. That's a good prayer. See you, Pastor David. See you, Pastor Dan. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath Podcast.